0: Please turn off all cell phones out of courtesy to our speaker. Our main speaker tonight gets to share her experience, strength, and hope until 6.20 p.m. on what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. If the speaker wishes to stop early before 6.20, she may do so, and we will open the meeting for questions. As a reminder, please be aware that if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the Light a Candle podcast. Hi, I'm uh, Erin. I'm a compulsive overeater anorexic bulimic. Hi, Erin. Hi. Oh, my goodness. I was not expecting this much time, but you know what? (laughs) God's will, not mine. Um, Thank you so much, Rashad, for asking me to speak. Actually, the the day before I was asked to speak, I was telling a fellow, I'm so happy I'd never been asked to speak by the Candle. It seems so scary. And then, literally the next day, I got asked. But thank you so much, um, and welcome to our out of towner, um, and all of our newcomers tonight. Um, this this uh, this fellowship. Oh God, I don't even. I'm, I, maybe I do need this this forty minutes to to express what this fellowship has given to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. It's, it's completely changed my life. And, um, and I was thinking a lot about what, like, how do I, how do I describe what OA has given to me? I, well, I guess I'll, I'll start with, I came in the rooms uh, about th- three years ago, and uh, I have about two years of abstinence. So the first year I was in the rooms, um, I was in an incredible amount of denial. Um, with, that I actually had a problem. Uh, I was in another fellowship, and um, I was doing 10 steps every night, and I I just, all I was talking about in my 10 step was was the food and my body, and uh, I just, I just, I was obsessed, and I was like, God, you know, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should check out a way. I'd heard a fellow in that other fellowship accidentally qualify in the beginning of the meeting. They said, hey, I'm, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I was like, oh, oh, my God, what? And what's that? And so, um, yeah, and so I, I decided to, to check out OA, and I came to my first meeting, and um, the, the woman sitting next to me uh, said, oh, you're an anorexic. And... I was so, I had come to lose weight. I was so, I was so in denial of, that, I hadn't, that I had an eating disorder and that I was underweight and that someone could ever possibly see me as underweight or anorexic was just shocking to me. Um, and I didn't come back because I was uh, offended. <laughs> um, and so, but then I started, the night eating started for me and it just, like, I, I wasn't able to stop. Um, night eating, and I was putting on weight, and all the crazy stuff that I had done before, um, trying to manage and manipulate and control my my body and my weight, um, wasn't working anymore. It just stopped working. Um, And so I decided I would come to OA and just figure out what the trick was to lose weight, and uh, then I was going to leave. And that's not been my story. Um, uh, Three years later, I'm still here, and and now I, I... I do it one day at a time, but I don't see myself leaving. I don't want to leave. I, I love the rooms. I love going to meetings. I love being of service. Um, and uh, I love being a part of this fellowship because it gives me so much. And it's a pleasure to give one ounce back um, to everyone who's given me so much. So um, I, I guess I'll start even... Way before like where this started for me i'm i 'm from a small town in Alaska, and um, I grew up in a really dysfunctional family um, a lot of chaos, a lot of um, not cool stuff going on and um, at a very early age um, i I just had this deep hatred for my for myself but also for my body specifically, and just feeling like there was something really wrong with me and um, just wanting to change it and fix it, and just feeling so out of control and um, growing up in that kind of chaos, i guess I, I i wanted I wanted to hold on to anything for some sense of control and um, so that 's when it kind of started for me um, Food was definitely soothing, but it wasn 't um, it was more uh, more about the body than anything more than the food because I was naturally very, very thin, Um, and I think, I think, you know, even as a kid, my grandmother would call me anorexic, and I didn't know what the word meant, and um, kids at school would say, like, when I turned sideways, I was invisible, um, because I was so thin, and it wasn't a good thing, it was like, it was like a bully thing, to make fun of me, and I I just always felt, like, just (coughs) awful in my body, and really uncomfortable. Um... And then, you know, cut to my first breakup in my teens, and that's that's when um, that's when I would started uh, the, the anorexia, like the conscious I will not eat um, to lose weight um, to become smaller, make me smaller. I need to be smaller um, started. And then from there, from age seventeen on, it was just game on with, you know, once the starving started, came the binging, because for me, there's it's a cycle, and it's a never-ending cycle of starving and binging and starving and binging and, and damage control, you know, taking care of whatever food that I've eaten. Um, and for me, it was like any amount of, it got to the point where, like, any amount of food was too much food. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to, like, I wanting that sense of control so desperately in my life, um, and the the high and the false control that I would get from starving myself was like anything else. Like I loved it. I felt so in control of my life, and and in, in, of everything. Like if, if I can manipulate my body and keep myself small, then I am safe. And um, you know that lasted till it lasted, and then it would it would I would be in the binge cycle. And um, you know I remember. Gosh, being like 18 years old, I just moved to Canada and um, just, I was living on my own and uh, just going to like three different drive throughs in a night and just eating so much alone in my car, just stuffing my face um, to the point of just like, just, you know, that, that you got to go home and pass out, you know, um, or pass out in the car, you know, like it's just, and then you wake up and then I would wake up in the morning and and, and hate myself, I just hate myself so much and I would just you know then it would be the diet and the, and then I got into the diet pills oh man, the diet pills and cocaine and and Adderall and anything I could get my hands on that would that would kill my appetite um, I loved that stuff I just I just because again it gave me that very false sense of control um, and so, yeah, by the time I came to OA in my late 20s, um, I would wreaked havoc on my body. Um, I'd gone to a, a doctor, and they told me, a nutritionist, and, and she told me that I'd uh, wrecked my metabolism. And um, I thought she was, like, lying. Like, I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? Um, and I, it was just, like, in so much denial that I actually had a problem. And... You know, I always thought that no one knew that I had a problem. I really believed that no one knew. Um, and it wasn't until the ninth step in this program, actually, when I did it with my sister, when when she told me, you know, she just said, she's like, Erin, like, why? Like, why didn't you come to me for help? Like, why why did you have to lie about it? And I was like, I wasn't lying. Like, I, I truly did didn't think that I had a problem. And I didn't think that you knew (laughs) or thought that I had a problem. And she was like, Erin, the whole family has wanted to intervention you for like ten years. (laughs) And it was like, whoa, that was just another like layer of my denial coming off in this program of how deeply instilled this disease is in me. And it and it really is a disease, and I really am powerless over it. Um, and So that first year that I came in a program and I was still in denial, it took me a long time to truly believe that I was powerless over food, um, and, and that a higher power was going to restore me to sanity was insane, like, I just, like, God's going to take care of my food, like, it just seemed so, doesn't, non-connect, I guess, um, But I just kept coming back, and um, I started working the steps. And um, I had worked the steps in my other fellowship and thought that I'd gone, like, really deep and, like, cleaned out everything, you know. And um, the one thing that those steps did did give me was a very beautiful Step 9 amends to myself, um, which i really need I really needed to start there with a with a deep amends to myself, and in that amends, I wrote down all the things that i'd done in my body over the years and and i I wanted you know amending the behavior i I was supposed to stop those behaviors, and i wasn't able to do that, and that was also what led me to OA. it was like i need I need help like stopping the behaviors because I'm totally powerless over them so um so I started working the steps in this program, and um, slowly the denial um, started to to come away, and I started to, you know, realize like that my way wasn't working. You know, like that the the restricting food it became very clear to me that the restricting food always led to a binge. Um, and it was really scary for me to stop that cycle, because that cycle was, I mean, I'd done it for over a decade, and it made me feel safe, it made me feel that false sense of control, and um, it was really hard to stop that cycle. And, and I hadn't eaten breakfast, God, guys, I don't know, ever. Like, I I just never ate breakfast, because it felt like brownie points, you know? It felt like... like yeah, brownie points for, for either the binge that would happen that night, or extra food, or or, or whatnot. Um, and funnily enough, I, I went back and visited my family early on in recovery, and they don't eat breakfast either. <laughs> you know, uh, they do the same thing that I was doing. So uh, so eating breakfast became a uh, became kind of like the the first step towards um, breaking that cycle, the the binge and restrictive mm-hmm. cycle. And, um, I think it started with, like, a a piece of fruit, like, like, that's all I could handle, um, but it it instilled in me the, like, a, a time in the morning that I would sit down and I would, you know, I would have some food, and, man, starting my day off not starving, you know, every single day, it's a new day, man, my day starts out really different, I'm able to, uh, be alive in the world, you know, um. So it started with baby steps um, of incorporating breakfast and um, and just allowing food in. you know I had to um, let go of food being a moral issue um, and and certain foods, even if they were on my red light, so for me, my you know green light, yellow light red light foods are if I stick to my green lights, I have serenity. If I eat my red lights, I probably don't. Um, but it doesn't mean that I can't have those red light foods. I just know that they kind of come with a price usually. Um, and most of the time, I don't want to lose my serenity over food choices. So I just stick with my, um, my green and my yellow light foods and that makes it a lot more simple. Um, but I had to let food in um, and that was really scary. And with letting the food in and with letting in three meals a day and working with a sponsor, working the steps and all that, um, I gained weight started gaining weight and program in abstinence and it sucked <laughs> it was really hard um but i had gotten to a point of truly knowing that i was powerless over the food and that my way did not work period full stop didn't work and um and that i was really going to have to just work the steps and give this one to god and I had turned over a lot of other things in my life to a higher power and had developed a really beautiful relationship with a higher power that was working for me. Um, and thank God for that, because I, I was really able to say, okay, I guess this is the this is the body that my higher power wants me in today. Um, I guess this is, you know, if I'm just supposed to get bigger and bigger, like, I guess I just have to trust that, because I don't know what my body's supposed to look like, because I've manipulated it for the last... 15 years, you know, I didn't, I had no idea, I had no idea how much food I was supposed to be eating for my size, like I just, I didn't know, and I had to turn it all over to the care of my higher power, and to the newcomers, um, I came into the 12-step rooms not even being able to hear the word God, like it was like a dirty word, I did not want to hear it, I didn't want to talk about it, I didn't want to hear anyone else talk about it, and um you know, it, in in these rooms we learn that it can be anything you want it to be. It can be anything you need it to be. Um, and it doesn't have to be affiliated with a religion or, or anything like that. It's just, it's your own conception of a higher power. Um, and now I happily call it God because I've developed what it means to me and it feels safe to me to use that word. And um, I've been able to kind of detach from the way that I was brought up and what God, like a punishing God, was, and um, so that's been really uh, monumental in my recovery of just being able to make my higher power whatever I, I need it to be, and, um, and that's been really, really helpful um, for me, so um, that's kind of, I guess I kind of went over what it was like, it was awful, it was terrible, um, and then, so what happened was I came in the rooms, and I started working the steps, um okay um I guess I'll just dive into what it's like now, um after working the steps. I actually finished my steps on Tuesday this week, because um, I had to finish them before I light a candle <laughs> um. um yeah, I uh, I thought that would somehow make me feel more qualified like I <laughs> No, it didn't. <laughs> I uh, I have that imposter syndrome like crazy, you know. I actually had nightmares for weeks um up to leading this meeting and the common nightmare was uh I didn't I mean <laughs> I had this nightmare where everybody left the room except the timer cuz she had to stay and time me. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then I, I had another nightmare a few nights ago where, like, one of the founders of the meeting came in and was like, "You know, we can't have you lead. You have nothing to share. Uh, we're going to bring in some live musicians." <laughs> 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 performance. Um, so that's my that's you know that's my subconscious telling me like I have nothing to say, offer. I have nothing to say. I'm unqualified. Um, so. <laughs> So, yeah, um, but uh, very grateful to be here. And, uh, yeah, so what it's like now, I I woke up this morning um, to my super kind, loving boyfriend holding me and saying, I'm so lucky that I get to have this day with you and I get to spend my, my life with you. And I was so, like enveloped in just, like, love and kindness and the sweetness of this person. And it, and it, it just, like, cracked open my heart in this way of, like, let, just I was just able to let that love in and be like, oh, wow, like, what an, what an amazing thing to, to feel and to have. And that's when I realized OA has given me, like, yes, it's given me an opportunity to love others, but it's also helped me open up and let the love in. Because there's so much love in this fellowship um, and in the world for me to have, and it's it's right there. And I think before, when I was so in my self obsession, self seeking, self, you know, the disease of the eating disorder, I was not able to let any love in, and my my life got really small because of that. And um, just like the blossoming that the 12 steps of this program has given me is allowed me not only to have someone in my life that. Can, can share their love, but I'm actually able to accept it, you know, and, and give it back, and um, I actually met him through a fellow, <laughs> which was really cool, um, and, yeah, it's just, it's, that's, so that's one part of what Hoi's given me, is this beautiful um, relationship, it's given me uh, friendships that I can't even call friendships because they're so much deeper than any friendships I've ever had before. Um, they're so honest. They're so real. Um, they 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 just feel like um, like i I can be myself completely and I'm loved for that. And that is not what I come from. I you know I come from be perfect, look perfect, and then we'll love you and that's impossible. And so to have that now from from this fellowship is just, it's amazing. And, you know, the the food and the weight weight came off for me, and it wasn't because I was manipulating my body in any way. It was crazy to me that I could be eating food and losing weight. It was like, what? Like, Like, because the only way I'd ever lost weight in my life was by starving myself to death. So I just didn't think it was possible to be able to Eat three big yummy meals a day that I enjoyed, and st- still be at a healthy body weight. It was it was fascinating to me, mm-hmm. um, and so you know th- that part of, of OA is actually wh- I mean what I came for is is the least Im- important part of, of what OA has given me, and I'm so like grateful that I stayed, you know, and that I just kept coming back, and I and I heard that in the beginning, I heard that saying, you know. Um, keep coming back until the miracle happens, something like that, and, um, and then don't leave after it happens, like you have to stay, (laughs) and, um, and I feel like that has just been such, that's been, you know, I feel like that has been my experience here, it's just like all these miracles happening in my life, um. And I'm I'm not obsessed with food. I'm not obsessed with my body. I'm not obsessed with losing weight. I don't restrict. I don't starve myself. I don't throw out my food. I don't do anything to manipulate or change my body. If I exercise, exercise bulimia was also part of my story. Um, I I don't, you know, I, I exercise if I want to, if it's fun, if it brings me joy. I have a lot of boundaries around it. If I'm in a class where there's a mirror and I'm saying horrible things to myself, I have to leave. And I don't usually want to leave, so I'll, I'll usually stop being unkind to myself. But um, it's also um, the the ninth step in OA, which is making direct amends to people that I harmed, um, has been epic. <laughs> I've, it's been like over a year, and I have... Just finished the X files is what I was calling them. All the ex-boyfriends. And um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I did a really, really big amends with uh, the ex of all exes. This week also, actually. Or last week. And um, being able to see my part, um, getting rigorously honest, that's a huge part of what my life looks like today because of the 12 steps of OA. Um, I- I'm able to see my part and not hate on myself for it, but just, see, you know, see my part and um, make amends for it, make it right if I can. And um, that is such a huge gift of this program. I mean, I there's nowhere else in my life I've ever been given this platform to make right the wrongs of my past. You know, I thought I just had to carry around that guilt and shame for the rest of my life. But that's the stuff I was eating over. That's the stuff that I was maybe my body over, you know, and uh, to get to put that all down and make it right as as much as possible um, was a really amazing process, and I got so much out of that, and I'm able to now bring that into my new relationship where I, you know, am able to much more quickly see my part and make amends for it, and as a result of that, you know, I have a much healthier, more loving, open, vulnerable, kind relationship. Um, and that's with across the board, you know, with um, uh, family and friends and, and everything. Um, and, uh, yeah, this program actually led one of my siblings to uh, find her own program because of uh, my 9 Step Amends with her. and. Um, it's been incredible to see to see her life change um because of the twelve steps and our relationship change because of it um, yeah i have a i have a rock in higher power i really do i i love i love that this program has deepened and is ever deepening that relationship with my higher power um because of the steps and because of um you know they're in order for a reason because I, I had to go through one through one two three four five six seven eight nine, and then to get to ten eleven and twelve and really keep that relationship strong every single day and, you know, bringing the small stuff, bringing the small stuff to my higher power was really big. Um, learning to to uh, trust. Trust with trust my higher power with the big stuff and the small stuff, you know. Um, And actually, in a way, when I first started, I had this huge God shot when I was getting abstinent. I uh, and I was like just kind of playing with the idea of turning my food over to God, and I (laughs) I was gonna go get some binge ice cream, and um, I went to the store, and I'm sitting in the car, and I was like, all right, God, if you are out there, and you care about my food, and you want me to turn this over to you, like, let me know. Give me a clear sign. I want a sign, and so I walked into the store, and the whole ice cream section had melted. <laughs> the whole thing. And the peas and the frozen fruit and everything else was fine. It was literally just the ice cream. And this was like a huge grocery store. And I walked in and I was just like, okay. Noted. I totally believe in you. <laughs> and I just, I left and I, it was like such a such a huge godshot moment. Like I could not listen to that. And, um, and I feel like I get those God shots all the time if I'm just willing to listen. You know, and that's what I, working Step 12 this past week, really heard in the, in the literature was, you know, my higher power is always available to me. Um, in any moment, through any situation, nothing's too big for my higher power. If I'm willing to reach and ask for the help, if I'm willing to reach and, and get that connection, it is there for me. Um, and it's 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 hard you know it's hard sometimes and um you know like my first year of abstinence i it was like the hardest year of my life it was i don't even one of my siblings overdosed and tried to end his life and he's okay but he's going through his stuff and and then we had this family thing happen where just like the family exploded Exploded and it, it won't ever be the same and it hasn't been the same and it's just been a really really painful Grieving process of like what the family was and what it is now and to not go to the food through that is God. I mean I, I Left to my own devices. I got to go back to that control You know I got to go back to the control and I it the only way to explain making it through the past two years, absolutely, is my relationship with my higher power, and um, I guess I'll just talk about how I, I fit, like keep that relationship strong. Is it's it's in the steps, it's in the Big Book of AA. You know, it's it's prayer and meditation. It's um, you know every morning I'm on my knees praying to my higher power um, to just help me get through the day, help me walk through the day, give me the inspiration that I need, um, give me the next right thought, the next right action. Um, and uh, meditating, you know, I started meditation um, just, you know, with one minute, just one minute, um, because it was really scary to to think about sitting there for five minutes with this brain, it was just not, (laughs) not a good thing, Um, so, yeah, just starting with that one minute, and, um, and also, I tagged on that I could do it as imperfectly as I wanted to, so, like, I could sit there for a minute and think about anything I wanted to think about. I could obsess. I could, you know, it just could be really messy and could be really imperfect. And I think I think that was maybe the first thing that I consciously was like, you don't have to do this perfectly. Let's do it as imperfectly as possible. Because my disease is, is a perfectionism. You know, it just, it runs me into the ground. And thank God for the steps and God removing it one day at a time. Um, so just starting with that one minute and just, you know, giving that minute to my higher power as best I could um, went to two minutes, went to three minutes went to more and more minutes and um, now I love that practice it's, it's, a, it's a joy to be able to um, to sit and just get quiet and um, like connect with that conscious contact um, with my higher power um, I also do uh, an, an exercise a writing exercise that, that almost affects immediately connects me to my higher power and it's that one where the letters to god where you write um with your dominant hand like dear god this is what's up you know just whatever you want to say and then in my left hand which is my non-dominant hand writing back what my higher power wants me to know and it's not me i swear i mean the the writing looks weird because it's my left hand so it, it doesn't look like me and it's just it's so much kinder and more open and a bigger scope um, on the situation than i than I'm able to see it shifts my perspective and and that just that's a really amazing t- tool that I've been using consistently to help me just keep connected to my higher power and um yeah um, let's see it's time okay, let's see if there's anything else um OA has given me, I guess, just the rigorous honesty part I can talk to, speak to, um, I started turning over my food, I, so I work with a step sponsor, the steps, and then I work with a food sponsor, the, the food, I turn over my food every day, and I really didn't want to do that, I was very resistant to that, I was just kind of like, no one needs to know what I'm eating, you know, <laughs> even though I'm in Overeaters Anonymous, like, someone needs to know what I'm eating, and, um just getting really honest about, um, what I was eating and turning, turning that over. I actually turn it over in like a voice memo. So it's like, I had this for breakfast, I'm having this for lunch, I'm having, and, um, within that, like, I'm able to really discover a lot Of what's going on with the food for me which is not ever about the food it's always about what's going on underneath the food for me Um, which is really great because I I learn a lot actually by by being honest about my food and and why I made certain choices or why I'm acting like why I'm it's it's three o'clock and I still haven't eaten lunch and I don't want to you know um, or why I had, like, a snack at midnight, you know, uh, when I wasn't really that hungry. You know, there's always something underneath it, and that rigorous honesty is um, it has been just incredible um, to be able to, to just bring it to a very safe, loving, neutral place. Uh, my sponsor has never, ever shamed me for any food behavior that I've ever uh, done, and my abstinence is very—I guess I should tell you what my abstinence is— uh, and it's very imperfect, you know, it's I, I don't binge and I had to get really clear with what a binge was for me. Um and it's different for everybody. And um I don't uh engage in any kind of restrictive anorexic behaviors. So I don't uh or any kind of damage control. So I don't throw up my food. I don't um I don't uh, do exercise bulimia. You know, um I don't uh, take any kind of appetite suppressant. Um and I don't skip any meals, uh, those kinds of things. So the no no binging, no no um, restrictive behaviors um, and I had to add no throwing up to it actually like about six months ago, which is kind of strange and was really humbling for me because I identify as a bulimic um, through more more of the exercise bulimia than like and like the Laxative abuse type stuff, rather than like the actual vomiting. I I did do it, but it was always like my last resort thing. I never wanted to do it. I was always like saving it for last. So, um, yeah, but but the last like six or seven months, like the family stuff, brought up a lot of feelings, and the feelings I wanted to, I just wanted to get rid of the feelings. It wasn't even about the food and the the purging became an obsession that was just, I couldn't stop thinking about it all the time, and it wasn't on my abstinence, so it was like this secret little loophole where I could mm-hmm. do it, and no one needed to know about it, and no one needed to, and thank God for rigorous honesty, because I told my sponsors, and was like, I, you know, I don't know what to, to do with this, but I can't stop thinking about it, and, um, and i I did end up adding it to my abstinence because you know the disease voice would come in and it was just like it's just this one time it's just this one time we have never suffered with it that much before, you know, and it's like god that's that's cunning, and powerful, baffling to me, so that it can like not even be a pro- like a huge problem years previous in my in my in my life, and then it come up in recovery when I'm feeling good and strong. And, that was That was a really wild experience for me, so that is now in my abstinence as well um, and i yeah just i I turn over all my food to my sponsor who um, who who just receives it with such kindness and I'm able to you know use that rigorous honesty that I learned through turning over my food with all the other areas of my life as well and uh, I really do um I don't keep things in anymore because it's just going to show up on my plate or in some kind of weird food behavior. So um, with that, I think I will just uh, close and and, um, ask any questions, if anyone has questions. Thank you. So the question was uh, Do I still suffer From body obsession And if so What steps do I use To overcome that Yes I do I wish I could say no But yes I do I do Um, And It's a spiritual solution You know It's a spiritual solution It's a It's a shortcoming That I Have no control over You know Like I wish that I did, and I wish that I could wish it away, but it's it's still there, you know, Um, it's much better than it used to be, and it's usually when things are spiraling out of my control in my life, um, where I want to just come back to the body, and make it about the body, because then if I fix the body, then this stuff doesn't matter, Um, so yeah, so the steps that I bring in are my higher power, I always share it with at least, um, probably three fellows or more, as well as, um, my sponsor, of course, and, uh, and that helps just get it out in the open, you know, I heard somewhere that, uh, you know, when you share something, it, it has that, it has the problem, and it doubles the joy, you know, and I love that idea, if I just share it, it's gonna have the problem, so, um, yeah, I guess that. Yes. Thank you for your experience. What What is the exercise, I hear that a lot, and it can be many things, what is the misuse of exercise, what did that look like for you? Yeah, sure. So uh, the question was what, was, what did the misuse of exercise look like for me? Um, so it looked like this: it looked like not having breakfast, um, and taking at least one shot of espresso, maybe two, and going to a spin class, and or two, or more, um, and a yoga class, and just working my body till there's, there's, you know, I'm shaking. There's nothing left, and it's it's a way of like trying to uh, control any food I've eaten so it's 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 overexerting myself and um yeah and then usually after all that exercise um drinking more coffee so yeah to get the energy to maybe go on a run or something yeah, like that yeah 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 Oh no. <laughs> the question was how do I define a binge? Um, yeah, so binge for me, um so binge for me, there's a couple different uh qualities to it. Uh, the first quality is that it's it's in isolation. Like I I've never binged in front of another human before. Um, and yeah, so it's it's always in isolation, and it's it's with the intention of annihilating myself with food. So it's going to the store, it's always at night, and um, getting the specific, my binge foods, you know, and, and going home and eating it all and annihilating myself with food. That's what a binge is. Yeah, it's definitely not an extra serving of something or overeating at dinner. It's like a very intentioned thing, yeah. Yeah. How has like how has recovery shaped your dreams and aspirations? Mike? Hmm. how has recovery shaped my dreams and aspirations? Um, that's a great question. It's uh, I'm happy you asked it. You know, I I came into the twelve step rooms very driven in a career that was not opening doors for me. Like it was just door after door after. I think like I got five or six no's in, like, two weeks to a spe- specific part of my career, and it was just like, okay, okay, God, I'm going to turn this over to you. Um, so I started just praying and meditating on what my higher power's will for me was, and slowly but surely, you know, ideas started to come, and um, I'm actually in school now, um, trying, working towards a degree in something I never imagined I would be um, be doing. Um and I'm a lot older, you know, I'm, I'm 31 years old, and most of the students in my class are 18. So it's been a very humbling experience um, in a very different place in my life. But um, when I was 18, I was madly in my eating disorder, and I would have failed out of college for sure. So I'm really grateful to be in college now and learning, and I, I love it. I love learning so much. I'm such a curious person. I had no idea. Um, and yeah, and I'm doing, I, I excel at it, and which feels really good, too, so, um, gaining esteem that way, so, yeah, it's one day at a time, you know, of just being open to, um, my higher power sending me, uh, you know, what my higher power's will is for me, so, yeah. yeah. Hi, um, you mentioned night eating, what are some of the things that you do? Yes, that's a good question. Um, what do I do to, to avoid overeating at, at night, the night eating? Um, so in the beginning, I had to literally get on my knees in the kitchen, in front of the fridge, fridge door open, ready to go for the food, and I just had to get on my knees and pray. And it was so humbling, and I didn't want to tell anyone I was doing that because I felt crazy. I felt crazy. So... Um, but that really helped me get to step one. Like, when you're on your knees in your kitchen with your fridge door open and you're praying to God, that's powerless over food, and your life has become unmanageable. So, um, yeah, I hope that. So, so that, and also having enough food throughout the day. You know, skipping breakfast, I'm hungry at night. I didn't get enough food that day. So really having three solid meals a day um, and... Uh, Having a plan. I, I if, if things are getting squirrely and night eating is kind of becoming a good idea, um, I'll start pre-committing my food to my sponsor for the next day. So I'll say I'm going to have this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, and if I think I'm going to need a snack if it's going to be a long day, then I'll turn that over to her as well. So that helps because then it's a it's a it's a snack. It's you know so Did you have yeah. You talked about perfectionism. Can you talk about how that shown up for you in work or school and maybe what to talk about? Yeah, sure. Thank you for the question. Uh, the question was, how has perfectionism shown up in work and school? And what have, I, what have I done to kind of help with that? Oh! Okay, I'll wrap it up really quick. Um, it's a spiritual solution. You know, I bring in it to my higher power because it will run me in the ground like faster than anything else usually. So we can talk after too if you want to. Thank you so much. Yes.